Thank you for sharing that, Bob. Uh, <laughs> wow, I, I find out all these things when I, when I go and preach in churches. Uh, I had, a, I had a, a music group come up from Tucson. We had like a, a, a reunion. Uh, one of the music groups that used to be uh, Hosanna, you probably remember the, the name, or maybe you don't, but uh, anyway, it's been like years and years and years since we've seen each other. Had them come and do a, a, a concert, and uh, part of uh, the, the brother's testimony was how he was bitter against me because I got saved and I was released in a music ministry before he was. And it's like, I said, I never knew that. Uh, this has been 25 years. I've never even knew that. And so we, we talked it through, and I guess it turned out all right. Hallelujah. But uh, uh, just for the record, uh, uh, Corey came to me and wanted to go to China. <laughs> and so, uh, and so uh, Naya is probably one of the most cutest little girls you'll ever, ever put your eyes on. She's a classic girl, and uh, they're having a great time over there. Uh, both of them love it. And they're doing very, very well there. And so, uh, thank God. Uh, I, I appreciate the Mammons. Love them. We've been friends for years and years and years. And uh, they're, they're meat and potato folks, man. No garbage. Just something that you can live on. Hallelujah. That's what we need today. And uh, it's been a while since I've been back here. But I'm, I'm very, very uh, overwhelmed at the wonderful, wonderful presence of the Lord and the Spirit in this place. It's a real solid feeling. Uh, in this place tonight, and a wonderful facility, and so uh, praise God. Uh, I appreciate the mammoths being here, and uh, their blessing to us as they are to you. Let's turn to Second Corinthians chapter ten. Uh, you can probably name this sermon uh, a number of different names, and so just for the sake of a name, I've called it "Seeking Approval" from Second from Corinthians ten. Verse seventeen. The Bible says, "But he that glorieth." Let him glory in the Lord, for not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Hallelujah. To gain approval of a mother or father is something that, you know, every child desires. And uh, when we talk about approval from the Lord, this is especially true. It's a wonderful thing to, uh, whether we're a teacher, whether we're talking about the Lord himself, to gain approval is something that we are encouraged, and, and uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, anyone that will do something special and will gain approval of that accomplishment, uh, this is something that is worthy, whether it's a job skill, a certain task that you've been trained for, uh, it feels really good to uh, have the approval of others. We are encouraged to find the approval of God. That's part of doing His will. Amen. And there's nothing worse than to try the best you can, and it never seems to be good enough, which this is the type of background that many of us come out of. But I've noticed something happening in the church world, and it's been happening for a while now, but it's really starting to bother me. And I don't know if things happen first in the East Coast, but uh, uh, some of the mentalities and attitudes over there are, uh, it usually happens first, because there's lots of crazy people in the East Coast. There's lots of crazy people in Oregon as well. I know, I've seen them, you know. I mean, all the laws and crazy things that they do here as well. But uh, insanity seems to start in the East Coast first. And uh, there's a a number of mentalities that are sweeping through the church. And if they're not here, they'll get here. They'll arrive one day. And uh, they've been filtering in for a number of years. And it's really, 
really bothered me, so I want to address uh, that issue. And uh, there's nothing worse than trying the best you can. It never seems to be good enough. This is what usually happens when the world becomes your audience. And unfortunately, this is creeping into the church. We are, we are so uh, sensitized to how people look at us, how people feel about us. And if the world is doing it, we have to do it. We have to find a Christian way of doing it. And because of this, the world uh, has infiltrated the church as it usually does instead of the church infiltrating the world. And so today you have lots of crazy things that are happening in the religious community. How many know that God is easily pleased? God will take you just the way you are. You didn't have a thing going for you when you got saved and he loved you. He accepted you and, uh, and he just said, just receive my son and everything is fine. Hallelujah. When we do his will, he is a God that can be pleased. He's not hard to please. Just do what he wants and he'll love you. And he'll work with you and he'll help you along the way. Proverbs 8.35, the Bible says, For whosoever findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. The word favor means approval. Hallelujah. This is what happens when you find Jesus as your Lord and Savior. John 8.29, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath uh, not left me alone, for I do always the things that please Him. And so here's the desire to please in order so that you can gain approval of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. When you're accepted of God, you've got nothing to worry about. When you're accepted by the world, you have everything to worry about. And the Bible also says uh, 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 in uh, Ephesians 1, 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. We are his children now. We are his sons and daughters through the blood of Jesus Christ. As our scripture said, it is not he that commendeth himself that's approved, but he whom the Lord commendeth. However, seeking approval in the wrong areas, especially... When it comes to the influence that the world offers today can lead to becoming very, very uh, uh, dangerous and becoming enslaved by the audience of the world. One of the ways that people today find approval of the world around them is they try to seek things that produce results. And this is one of the attitudes that have crept into the church. You know, if it works for me, it must be right. And so they won't do things the right way. What they'll do is they want to find something that produces some kind of result. This makes them feel like they have gained some kind of success. And now I will be accepted. Because I do something and it works. Now I'm something. Now I'm someone. Now I'll, I'll be accepted. Now I'll be liked for what I have the ability of doing. This is a very dangerous snare and trap of the enemy because what they're really seeking is the approval of others. Listen to this illustration. This man, when I first went to El Paso, the pioneer, his uh, a circus that he was in uh, actually was in town and they did an article on this very man and uh, they told about this, uh, uh, this act that he does. I'm going to read a little bit about it. But uh, they had him on the front page of the El Paso Times and they had this kid who desired to be a, a circus person. And so the kid went to visit him while he was in El Paso. And the kid was describing, this guy is, a, is, is an amazing guy. He said, I want to I learn how to do some of the things that you do and be a part of the act. 
And uh, when, the, when this guy heard it, who's, he's very old now. Uh, he might even be dead now, but he's, uh, he, he's an old timer. He goes way back. He knows all the tricks. While he's talking to this young man, all of a sudden, he touches his arm, and the kid looks, and there's a pin sticking right through his arm. He says, I didn't even feel that. How did you do that? He says, like this, and he did another one. And it's like this kid, is, he's, he's freaking out. Listen to what it says about this guy. The expression crowd control not only applies to a certain law enforcement agency, it also describes uh, the ability of a crowd to control an individual. Okay, it's not just a police term where, you know, crowd control. It's the ability for a crowd to control an individual. This is what happens when you seek the acceptance of the world. The desire for acceptance is so strong that some people do strange things to gain approval of others. For example, an old carnival headliner nicknamed Cannonball in his younger days was blasted out of a cannon 1,200 times. He drove nails into his nose in a sideshow and he pulled a 90-pound weight across the table with his eyelids. Yeah, you might have seen this in Ripley's Believe It or Not. There's a woman sitting in a, in a wagon, and he's got, he's got it attached to his eyelids somehow, and he's pulling it. Of course, his eyelids are about out to here, but he's pulling this lady across the table with his eyelids. <laughs> when asked why he did such bizarre stunts, he replied, listen to this. Do you know what it's like to feel the applause of 60,000 people? He says, this is why I did it again and again and again and again. That is the problem with man right there. If I can do something, no matter how bizarre it is, people will look at me and wonder and think that I'm worth something now. They'll applaud me. I have something that they're interested in. And so the things that we do to gain people's attention is incredible. There's no limit to it. I mean, shot out of a can of 1,200 times. I mean, that gets old, you know, after about the fifth time. <laughs> Doing bizarre things. He, you know, he, he, they, 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 uh, they show him in Ripley's. He's got, a, he's got a spike. It's a long spike. He puts it in his nostril and he gets a hammer and he drives it into his head. And then he takes the claw and he pulls it out. He gets a drill. He drills uh, right into his nose. I mean, this guy does anything just because he loves the applause. He loves to be accepted. To people like that, the cheer of acceptance is worse than any drug you can take. It will cause them to do the most foolish things to themselves in order to gain the applause of the crowd. So wanting to be accepted by the world, people do bizarre things and allow people around us to control our lives. We have a pastor who used to be with us to testify the reason his nose points in one direction is because he was trying to appeal to some girls that were by a pond uh, and he uh, jumped uh, and he hit right into a tree head on. You know, George of the Jungle, just to impress somebody. We have a human flaw, and that is we really want people to like us. Listen, I'm telling the truth. We really want to be liked. We don't want to be booed. We want people cheering. We want to say, did I do good? Did I do good? Huh? 
This is what man wants. This is what he's seeking. And so, you know, uh, God will turn it off because he's not into that. And so man will go someplace else. He'll find a crowd somewhere. He'll find someone that will watch him. We was going to a Boston Red Sox game once at the stadium. And uh, on the sidewalk, there's a two-man act there. And it says, mixed fruit and nuts need money. And there they are. They got cardboard guitars, and they're making believe they're jamming. They're, they're jumping up on stools. They're doing all. They, they were so bizarre. People just stopped and said, "What are you doing? I'll give you money if you stop doing it." See, ever since God has rejected man because of his sinful nature, man has tried to gain acceptance from anything he can. Man searches for approval in all the wrong places. And he leaves himself extremely open and vulnerable to deception as he tries to find acceptance. One of those areas involves a mindset that is extremely dangerous, and I mention it. Uh, and that mindset is, uh, if I can do something that works, I will appear successful and I will gain more approval with people. So I want to look at a number of these things tonight. And I want to look firstly at how results sometimes is a deadly deception. Huh? We're seeking results, yes. Results that is a fruit of being in relationship with God and doing God's will. That's the result we're, we're seeking. But see, in the church world, that's not what they're seeking. They build their building aesthetically. They, they create an atmosphere where God doesn't have to show up. We don't need him because this is good enough without him. We can become religious. We can never be dealt with. We can never change our lives. We'll just come in and we feel good. Results sometimes is a deadly deception. As a matter of fact, in some cases, in most cases in the religious world, when you have results, it's usually not God. Like in your mega church world, they can draw a crowd, but how many know anything can draw something? And the thought is, if I could do something that works, I will be noticed in the Christian world. I could write a book. Hello? Hello? You ever see how fickle the world is? <clears throat> you can be cheered by a crowd of spectators one moment and next moment you're booed off the game field. All you've got to do is make a mistake. Just make a mistake. How many know when you serve God, you make a mistake, he still loves you? <laughs> Pleasing the world never works. Look at Jesus. One moment it's Hosanna to the king. The next moment is crucify him. Now, this subject alone has got to be one of the most single things that lure people into the occult because they want to be accepted for something they're able to do. I want something that works. I want something that doesn't require anything on my part, a quick remedy, a quick fix, so I can gain attention. So people look at me and say, well, there's someone who has accomplished something. You know, most of the people that are great in the Bible are people, according to their generation, that they were counted as losers, failures outcasts of society you never accomplished anything and yet not today in the christian world we have all these you know known people and uh, they're in the lights and the glimmer they go after all those things i was on an airlines a number of years ago flying uh, to a meeting and i was reading an airline magazine i've never seen this ad again but it was in the back of the book you know all the self-help things and all the uh, the courses you can take and, and the tape offers 
And as I was looking at the back of the magazine, lo and behold, there was a uh, title that said, Real Power to Command. And so I, I said, I got I to look at this. And so the article went on to say things like, learn how to control people by the words you speak. And it's almost like verbal advantage type thing, but this went beyond that. I've never seen this ad again. It says, how to get your way in a conversation, how to manipulate people to do things that you want them to do for them, for you. The article went on to say, you can tap into real supernatural powers and make those powers minister unto you and your needs. It was a blatant occult ad, and the kicker was it began to compare their practice to, to the, the power of God. And it says, none of that faith stuff that, you know, may or may not work. Uh, it says, uh, this doesn't require faith, works every time at your control, not like the God of Christianity. I said, I cannot believe I'm reading this in an airline magazine. Blatant. And the reason why it's so blatant is because this is exactly what people go after. The thought of possessing a power that others don't possess is an age-old deception. Just because something works doesn't mean it's right. You know, there's something called discernment. And this is especially crucial in the last days because the Bible tells us uh, that there's going to come all kinds of things that are going to look exactly like God, exactly like Christianity, but it requires discernment to understand what it really is. And the Bible even says that some of these evil things are going to have results. The eye can easily be deceived. Even by the sleight of hand, you can trick the eye. The whole thing that lures people into the horoscopes and the occult is they read something about themselves that sooner or later they begin to identify with and then they are convinced it works and they become under its power. Then before you know it, they're hooked. This unfortunately is a sign of our times. Deception. Take heed that no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name. The Bible speaks in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9, uh, speaking of Antichrist, even him whose coming is after the works of Satan with all power, with all power and signs and lying wonders. It works. It works. There's results. How many knows some of the, uh, the occult powers? They're real things. They work. This is why God say you stay away from it because it crosses the boundary. My power works in this boundary. When you leave that, you're in trouble because it is real, because it does work. Not everything that works is right. And yet you got the church world going after this type of stuff, hook, line, and sinker today. We have a marketing world. They market, uh, they market uh, vitamins. They market diets. They market all these things. It works. It has results. Yeah, but is it right? Yeah, but I lost 20 pounds. Yeah, but what kind of organs are shutting down in your body? Second Corinthians eleven fourteen and 15, no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing that his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. They're going to look so right. They're going to have the results. They're going to have all the marks of it. The church world's going to go after it, hook, line, and sinker, and they're wrong. 
Revelation 19:20, the beast was taken with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which he had deceived them that uh, had received the mark of the beast and that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive in a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Deceived people by miracles that had results. Very, very interesting. This is the type of generation we're living in right now. And so here's a generation being deceived by the enemy, portraying godly-like power and miracles, because the mentality is, if there's results, it must be right. And so pastors go after all these church growth programs. They don't want to get down and pray. They don't want to die, which is what revival is all about. It's how much you can die and how many people watch you die. That's the difference between a big church and a small church. There's just more people to watch you die. People go dabbling into spiritualism because they see some kind of results that catches their eye instead of their brain. God gave you a brain so that you can think with it. Remember the eye got man in trouble in the beginning. Saw the fruit that it was good. Didn't use the brain. Without thinking went after it and damned the human race. This is why our generation is going after all these crackpot remedies. New age practices, flimsy cures with all kinds of disclaimers. This cracks me up. You know, allergy season's here. You're tired of, you know, you like to smell the lawn again. You like to smell grass. You like to smell the flowers. Well, just take this pill and you won't have any more sniffles. It will dry up all your allergy symptoms. Side effects, upper respiratory infection, uh, uh, failure of the liver. Oh, this is great. I don't sneeze anymore, but my my liver's dead. Who in their right mind would buy something like that? The answer is you. This will kill you, but you'll get rid of your stuffy nose. One of them had, you know, uh, uh, symptoms, uh, uh, side effects, heart failure. Who is going to buy something? Yet they do it. Well, it's only one in 10 million. Well, believe the box if you want to. So here's the church. It goes after this stuff. Laughing revival. It works. There's manifestations. Yeah, but it's the devil. No, but it has results. It works. Look, I can roll around and make cow sounds. Yeah, just like the demoniacs that Jesus delivered in his ministry. Yeah, it has results. You, you open yourself up enough and just something might come in there. But it might not be good. I remember one of the brothers, Sean Hester and Salem, used to go to Salem Church and they were all doing their crazy stuff. And, uh, and he, as he's leaving, he says, this is my last service. This is a nut house. 
this thing ain't a church no more. It's a circus. And so as he's leaving, he sees his friend rolling around in the back, back wall, and he's making moo sounds like a cow in pain or something. I don't know what it was. But he says, I got to see if this is real. I just got to know. And so as he's leaving, his, his guy's flat on his back, his hands are on his leg, he's going, no, whatever he's doing. And so he goes and steps on his hand. He goes, ow, that hurts. What are you doing? He goes, I thought so. And he just left. <laughs> if God was doing that, you couldn't stop it. But you're doing it. You know why? Because you're a nut. It works for me. It works for all the nuts. And so what does the church call this? Revival. Revival? You actually believe that. Revival. Acting like a nut. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the power of love, and a sound mind. A mind that is held together. See, the world has been programmed and set up to become so desperate as long, uh, you know, uh, uh, as it's, as, as it's uh, not seeking God for an answer, that it will do anything, even if it will kill you. I just want something that works. So I can, you know, I can say to people, well, it, it works for me. I got people in my church, you know, it works for me. Yeah, but it's not right. They asked, I believe it was 10 Olympic runners, if they could take a pill that would guarantee them a medal, gold medal, but in 20 years would kill them, what, would they do it? And I think 75% of them said, yes, give me the pill. Can you get a handle on that? For that moment of fame and glamour, to hear the applause of the crowd, to see my name mentioned in those that are recognized. I'll die for that 20 years down the road. See, I would have, I would have changed the question. If you can take a pill to guarantee you win the medal, but I'm killing you the second day after you take the pill, would you do it? Nobody would. You're going to die the next day. Because it comes slow. Many times we say, ah, don't worry about it. That's 20 years from now. This brings us to another issue, and that is helping God. This is our generation. This is another mindset that people become trapped in on their quest to be accepted and approved by the world. And that is, you know, it's not really cool to totally believe all in God. He, he needs some help. You know, I go to this church, but, you know, I, I have to get other help besides because Jesus isn't everything. See, this is what's coming through the East Coast right now. So i got a number of people in my church, you know, uh, so they, have, they go to the programs. Well, you know, if you're not going to believe God, that's all you have left is programs. And all they do is uh, x-ray your wallets when you go in there. They can care less if you get healed. They just want your money. And so basically the mentality of the church now, because they've allowed this to come in, is, you know, God's getting old. He's slipping a little, you know. So you can't possibly just believe in him for everything. He needs some support. 
God needs support. Oh, how we love to know that God needs us. Makes us feel really important. You know what? I heard a preacher say, he was doing fine before you came along and he'll do fine when you're gone. He doesn't need us. Thank God he includes us in his plan. I don't know why, because we screw everything up. But the thought of, God needs me to do that. No, he doesn't. Getting help from your brethren, your pastor, you know, that's healthy. Everybody needs that. But when the mentality comes upon us that we have a special need now. See, we have a church is filled now that there's special need. I have a special problem. And you know, the church really isn't meeting my needs. This is the latest. So I need a special program. God is no longer all that we need. We need God and other things now. I'm sorry you're off the track. You've made shipwreck of your life. And I've heard this so much now, it's pushed me over the edge to address it. Because of the influence of the world, people are commonly enlisting in special programs, support groups. We've got AA, we've got Al-Anon, we've got Gamblers Anonymous, we have detox programs, we have retreats, we have clinics, we have workshops, we have sex offenders shops, uh, we have alpha classes, we have Christian counselors, 10-step program, 12-step program, teenage support groups. Because you see, God himself isn't good enough anymore. You've got to have some specialized, catered program to your specific need. Like church is all about you. What does this church have to offer? What kind of nursery program do you have? What kind of, what kind of uh, uh, teaching programs do you have? How can this church benefit me? That's the type of thing you got coming in your church today. You know, years ago we got saved and uh, totally set free. And it's like, Jesus, what can we do for you? You know, the very reason why my wife and I got saved is because we were sick of the programs. They did nothing. Absolutely nothing. We had a bad marriage. And uh, my wife sought counseling. She went to the Catholics. That's like, you know, going before the Inquisition. She said, you know, I can't stand him. I hate him. He's done this. He's done that. And, and so their remedy was get a pillow write his name on it, get a baseball bat. And every time you think of the things he's done to you and you get mad, just beat that thing. Well, she must have beat it silly, and it didn't work. Because I was still a nut. Should have beat me with it, might have been better, I don't know. All we did was get invited to church, surrender our wills, got gloriously saved and restored our marriage, just like that. No drugs. I need some drugs because I have special needs. I want to kill my husband. Yes, I prayed the prayer, but I still want to kill him. 
We went for counseling maybe once or twice to the pastor when we first got saved. And it wasn't any deep conversation. It was, lasted about three minutes. Well, brother, stop being stupid. <laughs> Basic guidelines that anybody could understand. Today, we're 35 years down the road. That's what God can do. Because it's all about God. It's not about you. It's about what God can do. It's not a program. We've got a woman in our church, precious woman, years ago. She married a man. She had one child, uh, was having a, uh, another one, was doing a few months. Her husband uh, was uh, uh, diagnosed with lymphoma and uh, uh, tragically passed away, leaving her with a child and a half. Came to me, what do we do? I want to I do God's will. People are coming up to me saying, I need to get help. I need to get a support group. I need to do this. I need to, I need to get special counseling. I need to get drugs. I need, to, you know, I need therapy. So you know what, sister? Just serve God and be a strength to others during this time. And that's exactly what she did. She said, you know, the people in the church coming down, they break down crying. They're trying to make me break down and crying. I won't do it because I hate that stuff. I believe that God can help me. And so she stood strong, amazed people all around her, uh, got remarried. She's a pastor's wife today. Didn't need any special drugs, formulas. Didn't need a program. Living for God today, serving God, doing a great thing for God. We've got another sister in our church. Uh, her name is Robin, tremendous sister. Uh, she worked in ER. And she was there, graveyard shift. And uh, it was a bad scene. Got a call. Uh, uh, they were bringing a, a, a stab victim in. And uh, so they go, you know, the moment they bring a, a, a person that needs to be worked on in the ER, they just go to work. Everybody's trying to save the life. This was a very, very serious uh, stab wound. And uh, they started going to work on this man, young man. She was there helping. And... Uh, uh, they, had a, they had a blood pressure cuff on him. Uh, I was covering a tattoo on his arm. And uh, so uh, they asked her, well, who, who is this man we're working on? Who's this, who's this kid? And uh, they asked her to pull the ID. So she got, reached into his pocket, pulled it out. It's her son. Stabbed to death. For no reason whatsoever. Tremendous young man. I think he was 21 or 22 years old. I got the call. I go down there, and uh, as, I'm, as I'm on the way to the hospital, you know, it's like 4 in the morning. And I'm saying, God, what am I going to tell this woman? And God said, this woman is going to make it. All she needs to hear is that her son knew what to do, and I'm with him. And so I went there. God impressed upon me that she will recover because she believes me. Went there, began to pray. There's lots of things had to deal with. And as a result of this, uh, God brought her through uh, at this uh, young man's funeral at our church. We had over 700 people come out to the church. We've got a young man here that, uh, Jermaine, you can stand maybe. Just stand. This is the man they wanted to kill that night. They killed her son instead. Saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, has a call of God upon his life. That sister... 
That sister got married and is a pastor's wife today without any drugs, without any shock treatment, without any therapy, without any support group because of what Jesus can do. But see, that's not what's happening in the mega church world today. We need this program, this group, this group, that group, all these, all these things. It's like there's so many programs. You know, is God here? Where is God? Where's the hope? We've heard of other people. Pastor Warner goes out, pastor pioneers a church, breaks his back. From his hospital bed, he's broadcasting a Christian radio shot. Okay? No support group. Just let's believe God. Pastors a church of, you know, eight, 900 people today. Because Jesus is all he needs. See, these people found God to be their strength. Today, you know, Jesus and coming to church isn't good enough for some folks. Yeah, people in my church, you know, well, you know, uh, I really need some special attention that I don't feel I'm getting in this church. No, you just want a 24-hour personal counselor to stroke you and pet you. And I ain't going to do it. You got your programs, you got, you know, uh, your, your, your religious programs. Uh, they call it the challenge or whatever, this or that. And, you know, and you're fine as long as you're in their jurisdiction. And as long as someone's on your case 18 hours a day, paying attention to you, the moment you get out there, you go right back to the drugs again. All the talking they can do in their programs will not bypass the simple fact that unless you make a decision for God and he helps you, Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to be accomplished. My friend, years ago, who was in the occult before we got saved, he once told me, he says, if you want to make lots of money, it's very simple. Just tell people what they want to hear, and they'll pay you lots of money for it. This is what the world does. They come to you, oh, you've been through that, you poor dear, you poor person. Uh, you have a support group. Well, yes, I go to church. No, 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 no. I mean a special group that is tailored just for your needs that you can relate to. You can't relate to those people. Well, yeah, Jesus is all the help I need. No, 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 no. You mean you need more than just the gospel. Now, that has its place and its time. But there are other things, you know, if you really want to recover, you need drugs or therapy or whatever they call it. This is what the world does, and the world is sinking in all its programs. You know, can you imagine if Jesus did that in his day? Here's the gathering demoniac. And he says, oh, I'm so glad I met you, you know, because uh, I know a good personality exit counselor. <laughs> Just take this card. <laughs> That's not the gospel. And see, the thing about all this, all this stuff is the attention is always on you, seeking approval again. Just another way of doing it, seeking approval, seeking to be something. I'm something, so I need special attention. Can you imagine if the military did that? You go to boot camp, and now, now officer, I, I need special attention, you see, because I've got allergies. 
Or, you know, these guys that worship their hair. Uh, I, I heard some of the stories, you know. My hair is holy. Don't touch it, you know. Like, like Samson or whatever. <laughs> but, you know. So, so they, 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 they pay special attention to them. Oh, would you like your sideburns? Yes, I would. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> special attention. I have a special circumstance. Even God needs counseling on this. No, you don't. You just need God's approval. You need to do the will of God, and he'll help you. I want to look finally at no one but God. We sing, he's all I need. Answer the question, is he? He and what else? The reality is, if man feels the weight of rejection because of the sin that he's carrying... He needs to seek the approval of God. Then only will his needs be met. Because the reality is God should be our audience. Everything we do in the church, everything we do in our life, now that we're saved, needs to be in the presence of God. In light of pleasing Him. He's the one we should serve. He's the one we should give our attention to. He's the one we should give our affections to. Everything we do should be done unto God. And once we have his approval, it doesn't matter what the world thinks. And we get these kids in the church, they're just as bad as sinners. They've got to have the special clothing. And it's either hamster pants. Okay? I invented the term. Say, what is hamster pants? Hamster pants is clothing that is meant to fit a hamster that you've managed to put your enormous body in. You ever see these people? They got no shame. It's like my wife goes, oh my God, I would never leave the house that way. Don't you have any mirrors in your house? I mean, you fitted those clothes 30 years ago. You know, I, I was watching 25th anniversary. I'm at El Paso doing the, 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 uh, the celebration there. And I had video f- uh, footage, flashbacks. And I'm watching, and they got all kinds of pictures of me. And I go, I remember those clothes. <laughs> They're long gone. These people don't care. They simply don't care. It's like blubber is us, you know? It's like... <laughs> I feel like going up to some people and say, do you have a permit for that? <laughs> and then there's the guys. It's like, is there anyone else wearing those pants with you? It's like, what is this? And they're, they're tripping on it, you know, they're tripping on it. said, why don't you just buy the size that fits you? The church is just as bad. You know, we've got to have this, this uh, talk, this lingo. We have to wear these clothes. And then we sing, I'm free. No, you're not. 
When I got saved, you know, I used to wear all kinds of really strange shoes to church when I first got saved because I never had any dress clothes. So I just wore anything that people gave me. I mean, I wore jeans with patent leather shoes, I, everything, every bizarre thing, colors that didn't match. So you don't have the right clothes. He said, yeah, these are the clothes in my closet. They're right. That's all I got. I ain't spending $60 for a shirt that falls apart the first time you wash it. Did that? All the buttons fall off. I said, what the heck is this? I bought a blue light special and it's fine. I've been wearing it for years. I buy a name brand and it falls apart. The arm falls off it. The threads are gone off it. Who's the sucker anyway? See, when I got saved, I stepped out of the world. Doesn't matter anymore what you believe. I remember I used to have a boss. He, he said, he, when he was in the military, he said, the guy walked up to him trying to give him trouble. He says, you know what? I don't like your faith. And he says, you know what? I don't care. It's not yours. <laughs> Good answer. You satisfied with what God has given you? Now that you're increased and blessed, very dangerous place because now the time where Jesus starts, hey, thanks, Jesus. Thanks for helping me along. I'm all set now. See, the truth is found in Daniel 3, 29. Therefore, I make a degree that every people, nation, and language would speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. See, God has been tested and proven over the generations of time. You don't have to do it again. He works. He's the only one that works. His testimony is yea and amen. Isaiah 44, 8, Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have I not told ye from uh, that time and have declared it? You are even my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Listen to the perspective that that scripture is spoken. I'm up here in heaven. I'm looking for these things you're praying for. There's nothing up here but me. What are you, stupid or what? There's no other God. I'm trying to find him. I'm the only one up here. No one's challenging me. This is the type of world we live in. How many are sick, you know, every day here? The approval ratings of the candidates, you know, shut up. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Approval. Like, that's everything. Philippians 4, 19. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. See, this is a real problem that we have in our generation. We're seeking approval. And this is especially true, you know, when a church starts getting on in years. Many, many times we be, no longer become dependent on the God who set us free, who brought us out of Egypt, but now we start adding to him programs, all kinds of remedies, all kinds of things that we do. It's no longer just God can set you free. See, the gospel is very simple. It's all about Jesus. All about, it always was and it always will be. And if you're not having your needs met, it's because you've gotten away from that message. 
because this stuff is creeping into church today. And I'm getting, I'm getting these people all the time. You know, I, you know I, I really need some special attention. No, you don't. You don't have a special circumstance. The same answer is provided for everyone, and that is Jesus Christ. He's what you need today. Maybe some of you pastors, you're getting suckered in by some of the mega churches in your area. Some, you know, oh, we need to start having some mainline entertainers come in. That's what we need. No, that's not what you need. You need Jesus and his approval. And once you have that, you've got revival. You've got the secret of seeing God's favor on everything you do. Isn't that what we really need? We need God's favor.